Hey there, this is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to Grace for a Journey. So glad you're with us. If you're new, welcome on in. We are in 1 Kings and we're in 1 Kings 16. And I'll tell you, some incredible things are going on. Kings are rising. Kings are falling. People are coming. People are going. Not all, not always a nice way to go, but they're going. And so we're in verse 15 and intrigue. Uh, the despair and the confusion just continues to happen with people and in countries where God isn't their God, where the true and living God isn't honored at the highest level, chaos enters in. Now, that chaos might be slow to develop. It might take 100 years, 300 years, but it comes. Ultimately, not honoring God as a nation will result in destruction. And so here's what happens. Let's pick up in verse 15. So it says this. Now, in the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah. Now, Asa was the good king. Remember, he was the guy who did it right, who was after God's heart, like his great-grandfather David. Zemiri reigned seven days in Terza. Zemiri uh, reigned seven days. Did you hear that? Just seven days days. Now the troops were encamped against uh, Gibeoth, uh, which belonged to the Philistines, and the troops who were there encamped heard it said, Zemiri has conspired and has killed the king. Therefore all of Israel made Amri, the commander of the army, king over all of Israel that day at the camp. So Amri went up from Gibberethon, and all Israel was with him, and they besieged Terzah which is where Zemiri was. If you remember, Zemiri, just prior to this, had killed Elah. Elah was son of Basha. Had just killed him, wiped him out. He was laying drunk at a buddy's house. He went in there and killed him. And so this word gets out. And so Omri's elected king. So he gathers everybody and he goes to Tirzah where, where uh, the king was, right? where uh, Zemiri was. So he goes in and says this. Now, now when, Zemiri saw, when Zemiri saw that the city was taken, he had run into the citadel of the king's house. Look at what he did. He burned the king's house over him with fire and died because of his sins that he committed, doing evil in the sight of the Lord, walking in the way of Jeroboam. Again, Jeroboam was an idolater. He put things over the Lord. He put idols and himself over the person, the place, the principles of God. Whenever you do that, as an individual or as a nation. Now, look, I, I love you. Thank you so much for being with us. But you got to know, when you do that, you're inviting the judgment of God into your life. When you say, my pleasure is more important than God's principles. When you say, my fun is more important than the functions of the kingdom and how I am responsible to be involved with that. Whenever you say, immediate gratification is more important than eternal reward. You're inviting the judgment of God at some level into your life. Now, you can always turn back. God will always take you back. God doesn't want to pay you back. He wants to get you back. But I want you to notice, these guys never turn back. They they go on a course of destruction and of marginalizing God, and that's the road they stay on. They never come back. And so then the Bible goes on and says this, um, that because of the sins that he had committed, doing evil in the sight of the Lord, walking in the way of Jeroboam, and for his sins, which he committed, making Israel a sin. So not only was he an idolater, he led the entire nation into idolatry. Now the rest of the acts of Zemiri and the conspiracy that he made are written in the book of Chronicles and of Kings. Unbelievable what happens. Now, many of you are wondering, why so much war? Why is this condemned? I thought that this guy, you know, Elah was, was, was a horrible guy, and Samiri probably did God a favor by taking him out. 
There are rights and wrongs even in the midst of a bad leader. Now, in today's culture, in the world today, we talk about a just war theory. St. Augustine had a just war theory, and there are five tenets of the just, just war theory. Let me give them to you. First of all, war has to be the last result. So when you've tried everything else, negotiations, bargains, contracts, covenants, war has to be the last option if it's going to be a just war as we view it today. It has to be properly declared. Three guys in a field can't declare uh, war. It has to be done by an official body. That's the just war theory. Now, you may not agree with that. It has to have the right intention. War has to be about rectifying something that's wrong. If somebody uh, moved in and took over Texas and Oklahoma, we were, we were, the nation would be right to declare war and to push them out to reclaim that land. That would be right. There would be nothing wrong with that based on the just war theory. And it's got to be a winnable war. The New Testament tells us this. If, if you see a king coming against you and you consider his army versus yours and you can't win, go to that king and seek peace. So it's got to be winnable. It's foolhardy to go against a, a, a people that you can't win. And then it's got to, the end has to be proportional in its means. In other words, um, if they hit you with a hammer, you can't drop a nuke on them. <laughs> it's got to be a proportional response, and the end has to be proportional. So, see, Zamir got in trouble um, because he didn't honor any basic principles of warfare. And a lot of these guys, if you've noticed, all through, the, all through Kings have died early and horribly. This guy burned a house down on them. That's pretty horrible, right? And they've, because they've not honored God and how they've lived and what they've done. God causes kingdoms to rise and fall. God causes leaders to take their place and then to be deposed. God will move people around. We're to pray. We're to stay vigilant and focused. And we're to pray for the end of, of, of what should be the end of all wars. Augustine would go on to say, the end of war is to bring people to the prosperity of peace. Some people have to be brought to that prosperity through war. They simply won't listen to reason. But if that happens, and when it happens, we ought to do it with a broken heart, with a contrite heart, asking God to move powerfully, that wars are shortened and peace reigns. Now, when we do this, we're going to find unbelievable grace for our journey. I promise you we will. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for today. And Father, I pray for those nations right now who are at war around this globe. Lord, that you will bring peace on every heart. That, Father, people will understand the prosperity of peace is greater than any, uh, any benefits or spoils of war. Help people love peace. And that, God, means coming to you through the person of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. And amen. God's blessings on you. Love you. Thank you so much. We'll be talking more about Kings next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.